0: Welcome to the Elevate the Edge podcast. I'm Maribel Lopez of Lopez Research, and I'm joined with my co host Joe Peterson of Clarify 360. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, welcome. Elevate the Edge is published bi weekly. The podcast focuses on helping companies understand what edge computing is, how the market will evolve, and what you need to know to build successful edge computing strategies show notes and subscription links can be found at elevate slash episodes. We hope you'll enjoy the show.
1: Hello, and welcome back to the Elevate the Edge podcast. I'm Maribel Lopez, and I'm joined here with Joe Peterson. Hey, Joe. Hey, Maribel. And we're here today with William Bell. William Bell had the Uh, joys and sorrow of being one of our first podcast guests in the sense that I spent a lot of time trying to find the right technology for us to uh, do a podcast. And I still somehow screwed up at the beginning, but now we have more stable software and William is back with us. Uh, William is the executive vice president of products at Phoenix Knapp. Uh, We're excited to have you on the show, William.
2: Thank you guys so much for having me.
1: All right, so today we're talking about edge computing and gaming. Like, what an amazing combination of things to pull together, because gaming is awesome. The edge is awesome. When you put them together, they are better together. So with that, I'm going to toss it over to Joe for the first question.
3: Well, since we're, you know, on the peanut butter and jelly theme. Of things, Absolutely. Everything, <laughs> peanut butter and jelly, that just can't have one without the other, right? And it feels like pretty soon you may not be able to have gaming without Edge. So, William, I know that Snap has lots of experience in the gaming industries. From knowing you for years, from knowing some of the customers, uh, yeah. big names that you provide services for today. How can we expect edge computing to take the gaming industry to the next level?
2: Well, you know, it's, it's funny. I think both of them are somewhat reliant on each other at this point. The, as people look for the first edge use cases, stuff that's not the pie in the sky, the autonomous cars talking to each other and things like that, right? Gaming is the one that everyone keeps coming back to because latency is a killer. It's something everything, every, something's everyone's known in gaming. If you're a gamer, they talk more about latency on those gamer chats than like anything else, probably right. Uh, that's not related to the game, and you know, low ping, right, has always been this thing for them that they wanted to achieve, and ultimately, um, as the games become richer, as they become more immersive, as the computational Needs increase to produce that type of content and experience for the consumer. The uh, the games needs are outpacing the console evolution, and that is what is driving um, the adoption of of high intensity compute at the network edge so that people can get that immersive experience without having to upgrade their console every two days, two weeks, two years. Right. I mean, how often is a, how often is an Xbox updated? Six, seven years, eight years. Right. And, and, and so when you marry those types of capabilities to a rendering engine that is able to stream you some video that they've rendered, In five milliseconds, two milliseconds, the human brain cannot distinguish those two things from each other. And so that's where this network edge is becoming super important. And then I think the second thing is like, it's, it's bandwidth delivery, right? Like there's still actually these technological limitations on how much bandwidth can traverse the, the earth. Right. (laughs) And so people are looking at this and saying, okay, well, if I'm a gaming company and I'm looking at this and saying, do I pay level three to move this packet all the way back to Amazon and, you know, Ashburn and possibly have a bad experience for doing that? Or do I just deploy something really close to the customer right in their ISP that they're using at their house and keep it all on network?
1: Wow. There are so many places we could go with this, right? So you were talking about the Xboxes, and, you know, I know, um, many of the PC companies have spent a lot of time trying to make sure that they always have really advanced systems that can keep pace. Uh, But even still, you know, normally people update their PCs every three to four years. Uh, Gamers might be a little faster than that. Um, So we've got this scenario right now where we've got very high expectations by the gaming community. And, you know, as we look at the edge, is the edge going to be able to keep up? You know, you were just talking about some of the the different characteristics around latency. You know, I have people come in all the time and they say, hey, all you need is a smartphone and 5G and you got yourself some great gaming there, my friend. And I'm like, do we or don't we? Yeah.
2: You know, what do yeah, you think it's, about that? It's, a, it's an interesting. So maybe we we'll try to break it down quickly this this is a technology podcast but i don't want to get into the deeps and depths of like the the underlying bits of technology but but what edge are we talking about as a group what what edge are we talking
1: about? what are the many edges <laughs> there's not one edge to rule them all this is not lord of the rings this is not lord of the edge even so tell me more if about. It.
2: Ask, if you ask me can we put uh a large facility or many large facilities in every major city in the United States to ensure that 90% of the United States or the world is covered by a technologically dense data center that is serving up gaming in this topic of podcast, right? The gaming um, bits we'll call them, right? Absolutely. We can We do to some extent today. Like, It's hard. You're hard pressed to find a large, there is not one that left. There's no large cities that don't have at least a data center operator providing, you know, hundreds of kilowatts, if not megawatts of power network infrastructure, like everything. And so that edge is suitable for gaming. Five milliseconds, two milliseconds, four milliseconds. These are suitable numbers for any gamer. Um, We can do better. And so I'll call it the local edge or mesh edge, the telco edge, right? These evolutions are happening. And yes, Maribel, if you uh, stand at the 5G radio towers that are nearest to the telco pop in your city and the gaming server was there, you do, you have a great, you have a great system right there. It's perfect. You have your, you know, gigabit, gigabit 5G uh, with your connection to the, the telco pop. But even though, I mean, I don't know Maribel and where you're at, but like, uh, I've got a 5G, uh, one of the uh, 5G millimeter wave Verizon deployment. Like right down the street, there's 30 or 40, poles that provide that millimeter wave um like one gigabit service uh they go in my estimation they go maybe a hundred meters 200 meters and um even if in that one deployment I'm accessing the tower that's right there there's no computers there they're all in a data center in the city probably because when I ping Verizon's test speed test node in Charlotte, it's it's right there. It's like four milliseconds away. So it's certainly my device to this tower over fiber because they're not meshed together like they are locally, but they're not meshed together in each pod. They're using standard internet connectivity to connect back to the thing. And so the edge is evolving. Even the thing that you think of as the edge, the 5G millimeter wave technologies, they are still relying on the Internet.
1: You know, it's funny you say that because one of the things that is um, this is a quick aside. I happen to be in an area where I'm supposed to be able to get the T-Mobile 5G wireless broadband service as my main Internet line. I am ordering it up this week it's going to come in and i cannot wait to report back to the audience if the 5g edge is in fact the 5g edge so we will let you know we will stay tuned you do all right all right so that's one
2: it's my backup it's not fast enough to be my primary but it's my backup
1: Okay, this is really we're we're gonna have to talk. We're gonna have another. We can have an
2: offside conversation about it.
1: Totally, totally, totally. AT and T, we are loving your fiber. We have the fiber here yeah. to my home, which is my office. But I got to at least try out this five G
3: because we're in Do the it. edge. Back to you, Joe. Well, I'm I'm going to take things in a different direction here and ask your opinion about something, William. You know, we've been both been doing this for close to a hundred years, right? And there was a a certain saucy industry that really moved the internet forward, right? Scandalous, little saucy industry. Now, fast forward to 2022, and we've got the gaming industry with its immersive experiences that I believe are going to influence other industries and push them to utilize the edge more. What are your thoughts there?
2: Well, Joe, don't underestimate that saucy industry. Those guys are still going nuts trying to figure out how to do things better for them, for their customers. But um, I would say that, you know, gaming is teaching other industries how to provide a hybrid experience that looks and feels like it's not. That's the best summary that I can give because certainly even at the very basic uh, internet connected game lab level, the position of the other player on your screen is solely dictated by a computer in the cloud. It's not your console. And it's, well, it's more the, the coordinates are being sent by the computer in the cloud. Your console might be interpreting that, but like, that was like the start now now in modern games your computer or console is doing some of the rendering of the content that you see and some of it's a video stream and you don't always know which one it is right and that's what they want and that is a hi- that is hybrid technology right like two computers working together to give the consumer one experience and and that is so, that is teaching people things that is teaching industry things that's when you start to look at the more exotic edge cloud things right like um you know augmented reality surgical environments right these Gaming is influencing those types of, of businesses that are, that is not mainstream, that is not in production today, right? Like that is experimental work that's all being done on the backs of gaming and a handful of other technologies that are actually delivering these types of experiences in edge computing.
3: But I almost see like gaming aligning with retail, you know, in some ways. I, I see like that that in store experience where, you know, they're starting to map the stores and you can see it on your phone, yep. right? Oh, what's down aisle five? Oh, I, I know what's down aisle five because I can see what's down aisle five on my phone.
2: That's the metaverse, Joe. Oh uh,
3: okay. Well, but game If
2: you were if you were wondering, like that's that's where people are trying to go. Um, I mean, like, I think when when you look at these immersive experiences, a lot of people get caught up in like the metaverse as an advertising platform, the metaverse as an investment vehicle and web three, like people talk about the metaverse, like it's some uh, investment idea. Certainly there is that, but like the use cases of the metaverse for the common person sound something like I want to, Uh, browse this store in reality, but I'm not really there and I can't be there, but I still want to look at it like with my eyes and like, that's a a better use case. Not certainly not singular use case of metaverse, but like that is a better idea. And I think the metaverse and gaming are like, they're like parallel tracks that are going towards this like new augmented edge focused Future, because the computational needs required to perform that type of of experience on behalf of a user is absolutely insane.
1: Well, it's very expensive for the people that are going to deploy it as well, right? It's not. um, I was talking to someone that actually does trade shows. Okay, it's not consumer gaming, but they were talking about the uh, the amount of money it costs to create one room in the metaverse for you to go into and if you had to have multiple rooms how many hundreds of thousands of dollars that would be for a very short experience right so i I kind of pair that with the concept of well what would that mean in gaming like how much would you have to spend in gaming and what kind of resources and how distributed would they have to be to get that same kind of immersive experience and it doesn't need to be more than visual you know do you do you need to have some other kind of sensory experience to go with it so uh, you know are we looking at top gun sensors?
2: in 40x right like there's your that's like when i don't have to leave my room to watch top gun in some type of completely immersive back thumping subwoofer experience we've accomplished something i have my own opinions about what we've accomplished from a society societal perspective, but we've accomplished something from a technological perspective. That's truly amazing.
1: All I can see is like, like Tom Cruise with like your face on top of it. Right.
0: So <laughs> you do that whole thing, right. He it's a great, great visual
1: in effect. Uh, you would love
2: people it. People <laughs> attract into like, <laughs> yeah, it's certainly something. Oh man. Oh man. Oh man. Oh man. Okay,
1: so I, I guess I've got a, a slightly different question right now, um, which is around you know, if you are a company that is building gaming and thinking about the edge, what do you have to do differently to be successful? <laughs> or what should they even be thinking about?
2: I would say that... It- we're reaching a point where I'm not sure that they can technologically produce the experience that they desire to produce without the proverbial edge. I'll call it non-central cloud computing, right? Whether that's at a, uh, a pop in a city or at a cell phone tower down the street or whatever that is, it's an, of all of them to potentially, um, they just can't make the experience happen. It's not physically possible, not technologically possible. And in fact, like, I don't know how long it will be till we get there, but like, I'm certain we're starting to bump into like many speed of light problems that are people are working on. Right. Because there's only so much data that can go from point A to point B over across a wire with light, just the way it is. And um if the, if the data that you need to send is not closer or, or render is not closer, it's not possible to get there in time. So that's what I think. That's why that's why they're embracing it. It's, it's not solely to provide a higher quality experience, but I think we're reaching a point where it is a, re- is a requirement to provide an experience. It's a little dumbed down, but i that's that's the best I got.
3: <laughs> yeah. And, you know, actually, I'm going to toss it over to Maribel because you answered my last question. Um, oh, wow. I didn't, yeah, I didn't you did. That. You, you kind of answered my last question. So she's going to follow up.
1: They're great. Right. Okay. So there are a lot of different types of games, right? So when we talk about gaming, it's not a universal industry. And we talked a little bit about you know, VR slash metaverse, but what genre do you think will benefit most from edge computing? Right. Not genre in terms of like, you know, is it, is it, it, it's, it's more like we've got sports games, you've got action games, you've got more casual gaming. Uh, Do we think that the real big win here is for things like the sports and action gaming, or do you think the, the big win is for, um, Say more social gaming stuff that you know everybody plays just to kind of pass time will have a bigger boost by the edge
2: no i certainly it's the immersive gaming that's going to have the most ish you know um, the edge is going to impact immersive gaming more than anything else from a gaming perspective I am um, not convinced that the most profitable outcome of edge computing will be the gaming industry. I just think it's the one that is, it just makes the most sense right now. And it's the most tangible problem to solve. And people are working on that, right? Certainly all the things that people talk about, you know, that you've heard associated with edge in the past um, are, probably more uh, going to be more important to society, make more money for companies and yada, yada, yada than gaming ever will. Um,
1: so let I me see, ask you a follow-up question. Sure. What excites you about the future in edge right now? <laughs> like if you could pick oh, any. Yeah, yeah, it yeah, does totally really
2: It's great. Um, so I, I think that we can transform um, the efficiency, quality, and safety of, of, um, uh, of manufacturing environments. I think that that's the one thing that's going to be, it's going to save lives. It's going to change the security of, of, of workers in, in, in workforces. Um, we're seeing a lot of people looking at that. Um, uh, essentially it's, it's a mix of like, vi- um, visual edge detection AI mixed with like quick response. Um, so that when that worker puts his hand in the wrong place, that machine stops.
1: Yeah.
2: Right. I think that that's the place that's going to be the mo- one of the places it's going to be the most impactful. I think retail and advertisements going to use it more than anyone to, to change the way that people see experiences. And I'm not certain it's a great thing, but like I can give you my uh, example I give to customers sometimes. And it's like, you know, you're going to be walking by a Coke machine and it's going to be like, Hey, Maribel, want to Coke zero.
0: <laughs>
2: yep. And it's like a,
1: another Tom Cruise thing. We're in the minority report. Now
2: that's it. Like that We've is gone that from is Top
1: Gun to minority report. All those buzzword
2: videos that we talk about in technology, right. Um, uh, uh visual recognition, um, uh, analytical intelligence, um, uh, edge decision-making, all of those things are going to be happening quickly because if it takes just one second, you're gone. You've already walked by.
1: And that's the power of latency at the edge right there, my friends. That's it. I don't know, Jay. what do you think? Is it time for the fun fact?
3: It is. It is absolutely time for the fun fact. We're going to challenge you to share with mm-hmm. us one fun fact. It's I a have a new
2: one. Fact. So I'm 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 ready. I am ready. I learned Are something ready? yesterday that I think is fantastic. Bring it, William. Bring it. <laughs> Did you know that there is a 4,000 foot trench at the mouth of the Hudson River in New York?
3: Oh.
2: No. What's that for? <laughs> it's just a natural geological thing that happens. Really? Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's no just way. there. It's called the Hudson River Trench, Hudson River Gorge, I don't know, something. Huh. But yeah, uh, yeah, did not know that. So yeah, so you could go uh, probably, I, I would guess that there's probably some of those like deep sea scuba operators there that, that could take you down in it. I I also learned that that's a thing you can pay someone to take you down in like 2,000 feet under the water, for like it's expensive, but thousand <laughs> like a thousand bucks. Holy cow! You can get into a like a deep sea submarine, and someone will take you two thousand feet under the water.
1: I toured an old volcano in Iceland. It could be something See? like that without the water.
2: I also learned that there's an underwater volcano that might have like turned into a sharkcano.
1: Sharkcano? Yes, okay. it,
2: it exploded, and apparently, it's a uh, breeding ground for sharks.
3: Hmm.
2: So maybe there were sharks in the volcano.
3: Okay. That's multiple fun facts. Today. I did. I gave you all
2: the fun facts. <laughs> that's what I'm here for. I'm, I'm,
0: uh, <laughs> I love it. I love it. William, thank all you. Right,
2: thank you so much for having me.
0: <laughs> thank you, William. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this show, please subscribe so you can easily find us again. Follow us on Twitter at Maribel Lopez and at digital cloud Gal and on LinkedIn. Links to our social profiles, show notes, and ways to listen to the podcast can be found at elevatetheedge.com.